Hello, welcome to Tattoos and Torah, chapter number four. I guess episode number four. Um, right, Tattoos and Torah, reminding everyone we're talking about life and recovery and sobriety and spirituality and things that don't go with each other, things that seemingly don't go with each other because we have to think out of the binary if we want to have any kind of complexities in life. Um, we have another guest today. Jeremy P. Hello. How are you doing, Iggy? Good. How are you? I'm great, man. Excellent. Um, and like before, we're going to study some text together, get some insight, looking at how we can build a better life for ourselves, right? This podcast, as indeed the endeavor of the Truva Center that we're building in New York, is an attempt for us to gain some tools on how to live life better. Um, and this is definitely one of those things, looking at a text together with a friend in the traditional way that one studies texts in Chevruta, uh, the old Aramaic word that says togetherness or friendship or uh, one and the other. So I chose a text to study with Jeremy from, uh, again, from the Babylonian Talmud, Masechet uh, Ta'anit, Tractate Ta'anit. Um, and we're going to read and talk a little bit uh, about it together. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, the rabbis taught in a brighter. A person should always be soft like a reed and not hard like cedar. There was an incident in which Rabbi Elazar ben Rabbi Shimon was coming from Migdal Gedor, from a place called Migdal Gedor, from his teacher's house. And he was riding on a donkey and traveling along the riverbank. And he rejoiced greatly and was feeling very proud of himself, for he learned much Torah from his teacher. In fact, the Hebrew says, gasa. Uh, the word gasa means uh, rough, means coarse. So uh, when the translation here that he rejoiced greatly is a little softer, sort of the, the, the original actually tells us that sort of he was so proud of himself that he became a little, a little rough because he thought he knew so much Torah, maybe so much, so much more than anybody else. We start with somebody who is riding on a donkey, looking at the river. Everything's great. He feels, I'm so smart. Yeah. A lot of ego came into play, right? A lot of ego comes into play, yes. There, right, the story, story continue. There chanced his way a person who was exceedingly ugly. He, the ugly man, says to him, to Rabbi Lazar, Peace be upon you, my teacher. Shalom Alecha Rabbi. But Rabbi Lazar did not return the greeting to him. Right? He did not say hello back. Instead, the rabbi replied to the ugly man and says, in Hebrew it says, Reka, empty one. How ugly is this man? Are all the people of your city perhaps as ugly as you? Right, this rabbi... <laughs> Right? Sees this ugly man, right? And it's important to right to know that the Talmud doesn't dispute he was ugly. He was actually properly ugly, right? Some people we agree are ugly, right? Uh, or at least physically ugly. And he says hello, Rabbi. And the Rabbi not only does it not say hello back, but goes on this right <laughs> on this tirade of like, oh God, you're so ugly. I mean, so much so like, are you from Ugly Town? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh the thing to me that already like sparks out in just the reading is how you come back from a place of learning with somebody 
somebody who's supposed to be a mentor is teaching you as a guide, right? And then you come back from him and 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 already are overlooking somebody, already causing disconnection in your life after you're supposed to have a a, a moment of meaning, right? Learning, teaching, connection is meaningful, but already starts his travels after the trip in disconnection, right? Yeah. Right, and he meets this guy, this ugly guy, and and it's surprising, at least for me, it was surprising when I first read it. Right, sort of this rabbi, who you think after learning, right, learned at least humility, his own place, uh, right, sort of appreciating the inside, appreciating knowledge. Yeah. And the first chance he gets when he sees somebody who is ugly, not only does he not see the person in front of him, but he makes fun of him, right. Yeah, pointing out to something that this man, obviously since birth, has known that like, hey, I'm a little bit different, right? right? I, I, I mean, at this time it wasn't so much mirrors, maybe more reflections, but knowing that as from birth I'm different, right. I don't feel part of anything, right? And people are poking at an insecurity that probably runs really deep with this man. Absolutely, yeah. and and I think one of the things that sort of that comes up here for me um, is maybe thinking about how this guy is feeling. He's Maybe he's even knowing that this rabbi is coming through and saying like, oh, I'm going to say hi to this rabbi. This is a rabbi. This is a person who's learned. He will see beyond this shell of ugliness. Perhaps he will actually see me and how disappointed he must be, right? So when, when the person he thought would actually see beyond the shell, um, again, makes fun of him or at least dismisses him in such a, in such a cruel way. Yeah. Um, what this ugly man does um, is quite remarkable, in fact, at that moment, because once he realized um, the guy in front of him uh, making fun of him, what he responds to him, he says, I do not know, but go and tell the craftsman who made me, how ugly is this vessel that you made? Right. So the ugly man right, reveals himself to not just take it, right? <laughs> take it from the rabbi, but responds to him and say like, oh, you're making fun of me? You think I don't know I'm ugly? Um, I know I'm ugly, but guess what, rabbi? I didn't choose to be ugly, right? Go and tell the craftsman who made me how ugly this thing is to you, right? Take, take your complaint with the person who made me, right? Of course, referring to God. Yeah, yeah and I, it, it's crazy. Um because this is actually, to me, a scream out for connection, right? Like, right. It really is. It's, hey, um, you're a rabbi, you study, you believe in the words of the Torah, you believe in the words of, uh, of God. And I'm telling you, this is how God made me, in the image of himself. That's right. And you can't see beyond it. You see a vessel, you see wheat. And this is a societal issue that I see is like you walk around and, and we are quick to point out the black eye on them or the scars of a human being. Look at their ugliness or look through them and not see the individual, which is it's it's disheartening. It's very disheartening. And 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 I think, right, there's also a sense in there for me, at least. I don't know if you if you feel the same, that perhaps this guy is actually is not just responding in sort of this witty way, but saying like, no, okay. Like, do you think I want to be ugly? Like, can you change it? Like, come on. Okay, if you're the rabbi and you are so quick to see this ugliness of mine, right, maybe you can talk to God. 
because you can only imagine, right, as a boy, sort of like, right, to, to, to ask to not be as ugly or to not be as different, right? I remember it's funny, when I was a kid, um, I, I used to, I'm pretty short. I'm about five foot six, five foot seven, a good day, um, unless I'm wearing heels. And then, you know, I can be pretty tall, which is pretty nice. Um, but, um, and and I have, I, I won't deny it. Um, but I remember as a kid going to bed praying to be taller, right? Thinking like, come on, come on, like tomorrow morning, can I just, just a little bit more, right? Just a few more centimeters, right? a few more inches to my height. Right to not be so short with with everybody that was sort of uh, has have, were having these growth spurts around me, so I can I can feel the pain almost yeah. of this guy, and and let alone of course if you're if if your I don't know your condition we'll call it so like is is this ugliness which again the Talmud doesn't dispute that he fa- was in fact ugly. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I mean just my experience is a little bit different. Um, it's not so much ugly, but it's the situations of ugliness that kept me trapped, and I couldn't see past it. And I didn't have, I felt like everybody was the rabbis in my life, right? It's just right. Um, not having a space to fully develop or learn lessons that were going to help me until I, until I found recovery. And I found my mentors, my rabbis that really allowed me space to say, like, yeah, these are ugly parts of myself. But the ugly parts of my the ugly parts of myself, they kept me trapped, right? It didn't allow me to look at them and see like, oh, you know, like mine was internal. It wasn't so much the external. It was more the internal parts that were ugly. And it, it kept me trapped. It kept me trapped for a long time. It was uh, a life of uh, criminality, a life of prisons, a life of um, gangs. And I didn't have uh, a rabbi. I didn't have a space to understand myself or, or, or work on the things that were keeping me trapped, right? So it was a lot. Like these, these cries were, oh, God, see me for who I am. But it, at, at the time of my life, I needed a healthy mirror to show me who I was. Right. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about sort of your story, just in a few sentences, right? So, I, right, Jeremy, I, you didn't really grow up in a space where there were a lot of rabbis in general, yeah, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's very interesting, like um, finding Judaism and what it means to me, coming from um, coming from a life that I mean, the, my first understanding of. of Jewish men or Jewish life was being at the airport and seeing seeing little yarmulkes and the guys with the um, pass yeah. with the pass right. So this was my understanding of, of of Judaism as a whole growing up. Um, grew up Catholic, um, struggled with religion, struggled with the fact that um, I just didn't have a place for God in my life because it was very. My understanding of it was almost in doctrine, like you do this, you do this, and you're absolved of whatever you want to do, and it, that didn't make sense for me to work and grow as a man. And then, yeah, finding finding space to, and the philosophies of Jewish thought and Jewish learning, it just really sparked interest in me. Um, it, it allowed me to find myself. It allowed me to wrestle. Uh, Hebrew, I love it, uh, the ability to wrestle. Um, the difference of, of opinions, and when I would see... Um, rabbis talk or have conversations it's not a linear thought um it's definitely the both and world that that i needed to find to understand like there 
this ugly part of myself is always going to exist unless I integrate it, integrate it with the who I am today and parts of who I am today. And there's a million different parts, right? right. There's still that guy that wants to take what doesn't belong to him or take the easier route. But it, I understand that as the ugly part of myself and I don't deny him today. I right. allow him to have space. I just don't allow him to show his face in ways that he takes away. And he does impact the world. He impacts us, a lot of people in a negative way. And today that's, that's the beauty of, uh, Jewish thought and Jewish learning to me. Where did you encounter Judaism? Uh, Beit Teshuva. Uh, Beit Teshuva. It was in treatment that I um, I got a chance to come to a community that seen me for me and seen a broken, ugly man. And they allowed me to be broken and ugly for a while until I felt safe enough to confront that man in the mirror that felt unworthy. And from that, from this point on, it's... Um, I gravitate to the learning. I gravitate to Talmud, to Torah. Um, the rituals and, and how you guys perform and keep Jewish thought going, I read the same every year. It's the same portion. It's the same Parsha. It's the same. I've never heard the same in the five years I've been involved with the Jewish community. So that, I mean, that's the power of it. It right. is that there, everybody's entitled to believe the way they are. Right, but everyone to me um, is seen for who they actually are. Even if we have these ugly parts of ourselves that come, right. And I think I, you know, that's I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about it, right? That sort of everybody gets to interpret it. Yeah. Even right, even the um, the people who you wouldn't think would be close, quote unquote, entitled to interpret it. Yeah. Right? Both the ugly man and the rabbi, both of them have a way to do it, right? Because in the story, right, if you go back to the story, right, the rabbi, sort of after the ugly man tells him, right, tell the, the craftsman who made me how ugly is this vessel you've made, the rabbi, of course, realizes that he has sinned, right? He realizes he's done something really wrong, yeah. right? So he, the first thing he does, which is interesting in the text, he got off from the donkey, right? And he prostrates himself before him, right? He gets off from his high horse, if yeah. you will, for this high dog, right? You... I think part of the first problem here is when we don't look people in the eye, when we think we're better than them, when we look at them from a higher vantage point and we think, oh, they're so small, right? Mine has been the opposite. It's always, I, I, this year I've been working harder at staring and looking at people in the eyes because, again, the, the, the worthlessness kept my head down for many years. So it's finding a space where I could keep my head held high and understand that I do have a voice right. and I do have something to offer today. But no one's gonna no one is gonna pay attention to the man right down kneeled over unless right. I'm trying to connect with you and see get to your level, right? right? And there's many times in the work I do today it is. It's it's getting down on my knees and telling the individual I'm working with that I'm here with you. Right. That I'm not going nowhere. That you will trip, you will fall. This is just the human condition. We're clumsy. But you won't fall and hit your head. You'll fall into loving arms. Right. It's interesting, right? Perhaps for you, right? Like here in the story, the ugly man becomes the teacher. You perhaps like the ugly man, the somebody, somebody who before would be overlooked or sort of or, or ignored, right, because of where you you're from or how you talk or your skin color, or whatever. That right doesn't even look up because right feels the or has internalized a lot of that sort of shame, a lot of the societal norms, the sort of that people like you perhaps don't have the right, right, I'm doing air quotes, right, yeah. the right to have an opinion, 
right? You'll you'll just like what we give you, yeah. right? And so for you, sort of the ability to actually take that and look people in the eye is very powerful, right? To say like, no, I, I'm I'm here. I I deserve a seat at the Absolutely. table. Absolutely. And that that is uh, that has been the the journey is right. to understand that I deserve a seat. Right. And you deserve and you've earned it. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So, so the rabbi has to come down from from the donkey and sort of right and prostrates and 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 of course begs for forgiveness, right? And he says, right, forgive me. But the ugly man, interesting, he says, um, I will not forgive you. No, nope. I won't forgive you until you go to the craftsman who made me and tell him how ugly this vessel that you made. Right. You do. I think two things come up for me at least. One is the ugly man says. You really hasn't have not offended me. I, I didn't choose to be ugly. Yeah. You've offended the person who made me. So God is the person you really should be asking forgiveness from. But the second part is, like I said before, perhaps even the ugly one is like, no, like this, this life is hard, dude. Like I've been eating shit like this my whole life. Yeah. You think you're the first rabbi on a donkey that looks down on me you think that the first person who dismisses me because what you called me is not oh ugly man first you called me reka empty one you thought that my ugliness reflected something inside of yeah. me and and i don't want that here i'm showing you how full i am of knowledge how witty i am to come back to you and to a rabbi at to that a rabbi. time too exactly is, yeah. And right, and almost the the audacity of this guy, right? I'm in such awe of this guy to be able to respond to this, right? Yeah. How many times people have overlooked me or have seen me or have thrown names at me, right? Sort of called me also those kind of awful names, um, and I so ashamed or embarrassed or hurt, I retreated. I couldn't respond back, right? Later on afterwards, right? You're you're by yourself, you're in the shower, you're like, I should have said this and I should have <laughs> said that, right? Like, oh, I would have said, right? It's like how many times we would play conversation in our head, like how should I, right? I should I, But this guy was like, hell no. I, I'm going to respond to this guy. I mean, it's pretty amazing, really. Yeah. It's, for me at the time, know, knowing, knowing what I've come to learn is that the rabbis were the ones that kind of, um, it would be our today's, our judges, right? right? The ones that are telling that these laws need to be correct, be done and performed in a certain way. So for someone to stand up, it's like in my situation, be me standing up in court telling the judge, see me for who I am, not That's right. not what's going on in this file that you read every time and don't give me a chance, right? Right. And that's actually, it's crazy that we come back to that because that's my, my last story incarcerated was my mother asking the judge for help. And the judge looked at my file and she said, well, your parents seem to care more about you, but by the looks of your file, like you've never gave them a shit. Um, two weeks later, I get a call back to the judge's um, uh, courtroom after I got sentenced to prison. Oh, no, this was the one before. Um, after I got sentenced to prison and she called me back, she said, you know what, I, I, I thought a lot about it and said, we have never helped you. We've only put you in the system, but we have never tried to rehabilitate you. So it was, um, that was actually my true first starting with um, Judaism at 24 years old, but I, I was still young and in, uninformed, so I, I had to go take another vacation. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're calling it these days, yeah, another vacation. vacation. You know, I, I just needed some supervision, <laughs> you know, adult daycare. Adult daycare, That's yes. That's what we'll call it. 
um yeah i mean i i i think about that a lot and i think a lot about do we see the people do we look at the whole picture do we see or actually do we ask ourselves why are people doing the things they're doing rather than just doling see, out consequences i would see the act that's and right the act me- needs punishment right right we're 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 still in this eye for an eye type of right. thing and wonder why that they're still killing in society when right. we kill our murderers <laughs> right exactly that's no for sure i mean right it's 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 almost like right uh, in terms of like war on like terrorism and stuff right we 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 use violence to teach others that violence is not okay yeah <laughs> right and 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 I, I get it, right? Sort of like I served in the uh, in the military, so I, I get the whole sort of consequences and all that. And I'm not I'm not entirely against it, but but I think definitely within the judicial system and and that we don't really think about the difference between um, consequences, punishment, and education. Yeah, and and rehabilitating the individual. Right. Because look, man, I'm not against laws or even the judicial system because it's put there for a reason but if we're not fixing the problem right right if we're not teaching people right. and education is the source of rehabilitation right right from addiction to criminality to any form of being stuck you yep. educate yourself to change to evolve right and that's 100 percent true yeah. yeah right so so the ugly man going back to the story the ugly man sort of uh um refuses to to forgive him um and the rabbi decides to sort of walk behind him walk behind this guy to really follow him and and i can imagine constantly saying like come on forgive me come on over and over and over again really sort of seeking forgiveness knowing that he has harmed this person right knowing that he is uh taking away something from this person um um they get to the city right this is the city uh, that the rabbi sort of basically made fun of, saying like, oh, is everybody in the city as ugly as you, right? They get to a quote-unquote ugly town. Um, and, uh, right, they, the people of the, of the city go, go up, uh, go out to, towards the two people who are walking uh, into the city. And they saying to the rabbi, right, recognizing the rabbi, saying, peace upon you, teacher, teacher, master, master, right? So they're, they're greeting with respect, with great fanfare, the rabbi that's walking, uh, that's walking into the city. Um, the ugly man then sort of asks them, the people there, who are you calling teacher, teacher? And they said to him, this person right here, the person who's traveling with you. And he said, right, if, if this person that you're greeting is a teacher, a master, a rabbi, uh, may there not be as many like him in the people of Israel, right? Like, if you think this is a rabbi, if you think this is a person to follow, a person to greet with such fanfare, like, oh my God, you're so wrong. Like, there should not be more people like him. This person is is not who you think he is. And, of course, they ask him and say, like, why Why would you say that? Like, wh- why is that? And he basically tells them the story, right? Such and such uh, he did to me, right? Um, he tells them the story. Interesting, the people of the city then say to him, like, um, come on, like, even though, yes, this has been really, really wrong, forgive him because he's a person of great knowledge. He's, he's a great rabbi. He's, he's, a, he's somebody who deserves to be forgiven. Um, but only then that the, then the ugly man says, you know, I will forgive him because of you guys, yeah. not because of his action, but because of you asking me, because the community yeah. that is able to now see me and see him and see this interaction, then 
I'm able to, to forgive him, right? As long, right? And this is very important, right? As long, provided that he does not make a habit of doing this. As long as he does tshuva. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring it back to, right? It's, it's, it's tshuva. It's, it's um, showing up at the same experience, but creating a different impact in a positive way. So you're not taken away from the individual or recreating the pain you created for the ugly man in anyone else's life. Right. 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 He has to rep- he has to learn something from it. Yeah. Right. Chuva, uh, right, has, like we said before, right, has three main parts, uh, truth, remorse, and responsibility. The responsibility part, um, right, tells us that he has to learn something from it, right? Yeah. It, not just like, oh, I'll never ever do it again, which is how this particular story then uh, ends. Uh, Rabbi Lazar ben Rabbi Shimon then goes into the Bed Medrash, he goes into the synagogue, into the house of study, and expounds, he teaches, and says, and that's how we started, and that is why, right, it is for this reason that the reed merits to have uh, pens drawn from it, uh, from its ranks, so they could write Torah scrolls, tefillin, and mezuzot, right? Sort of, right, the Torah scrolls, tefillin, mezuzot are only allowed to be written with a with a, um, a pencil or a reed that is organic, that is soft, that can be pliable, right? You're not allowed to use metal or anything like that on a Torah because it's a living thing. And, and in that sense, represents Judaism, that it has to have flexibility. It has to be able to learn. It has to be able to grow. Right, which is how this story ends, right? Yeah, and that's uh, again this this last line. It means uh, a lot to me personally. Um, personally, I I, I I believe because of uh, my experiences, I became hardened like a cedar, and it and it caused a lot of impact. I, and this is something I do understand today. And this was the hardest part of me trying to rehabilitate myself, find recovery, be a man in recovery. It was difficult um, because, again, the impact that I was making and learning how to be patient, learning how to be kind, um, knowing that good comes with evil, knowing that that um, for me it's love that comes with evil and it's the ultimate power and learning how to live with a man as a man with love in my heart today. um, I think it's the the core of the work that we do after connection is compassion. I, I really do is, is, is being able to see an individual for who they are in the moment, right? Their internal world, what's going on with the internal world rather than what we're seeing, rather than scars, rather than tattoos, rather than uh, physical ugliness or whatever it is. It's being able to sit with somebody for a minute, even doing a podcast, right? You get to know a human being the more and more you interact. The more someone talks from a place of the soul rather than the personality. We were kind of discussing that earlier. Um, that, 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 that's the read. It's love. It's being soft. It's being organic. It's being compassionate and understanding that the world is not mine alone for hum- humanity to serve Jeremy. That's how I operated my life before. Now I understand it. It's it's I have a place in the world, and how am I going to bring humanity up, up? How am I going to create a space where humanity exists at all times, right? And that's what I think we're building. I really do. Uh, a place where 
like you said at the first pop-up, it's not, not about fitting in no more. It's about really belonging and knowing that I can walk in with my differences and I'm going to be accepted. And that's, that, that is hopefully the gift I can return back to the world today with the help of others, man. Sure. So if somebody is listening to this and thinking they are beyond redemption, too hard, too ugly, yeah, what would you say to them? I would ask them to get, let me sit with them for five minutes. And if they want to, I mean, I would really just pay attention and, and, and look because I, I'm a believer that there's always saints available for you 24 hours a day. I think a lot of the time we spend, um, our minutes looking for the snakes, looking for the easier route. How am I going to get rich quick? How am I going to fix this? How am I going to get to there? It's always about this next thing that we're trying to achieve. And it, it's not being able to sit and, and understand who you are, right? Um, the hard part comes from being scared, being fearful, right? We all carry fear in us. But today I'm not scared of that fear I have. And I could be, yeah, it's getting back to to paying attention to the people that are going to help build you and help you develop a mission statement for your life. So you know how to answer the tough questions in life because that's what I do have today. I have something, a set of values. Um, as a sober man, there's a lot of uncertainties that happen in life day to day, only caring about my life for five and a half years. I get stuck in spots and the questions are a scary place for somebody in recovery when you don't have the answers for them. But I have a set of values by creating a mission statement for my life that that allows this hard individual to understand like this is who the, this is the man that has to show up with integrity, love and compassion. I'll be an instrument of change in my life and the life of others and continue to be somebody in the world that the world needs. And that's what I live by. That's that's cool. Talk a little bit about fear. You, you, you mentioned what <laughs> fear what do you do with that fear, right? We all have it, but what do you do when when it envelops you, right? The first is bringing validity to it. I think a lot of us act as if that we're supposed to, especially as a man, especially as a man in the life I lived before, um, it was weakness to acknowledge that I'm scared. There was weakness to say that I'm fearful, uh, right? It's it, it was weak to not have the answers. And today I acknowledge the fact that like, oh man, like, I mean, I could sit here and talk about it. My biggest fear is failing my children, letting my wife down. Um, knowing that I don't live out this mission statement, knowing that I have um, to give back for what I've taken. Like, these are the fears that I live with daily. That's why I try to go into the world, again, with love and compassion. Um, but again, I think the first place of it is is bringing validity to it, acknowledging that it exists, and then the next part for me was just gaining emotional intelligence, meaning that I understand what I'm going through. I can't change it. You can't dictate your feelings. I wish we could. I wish we could do something to change our feelings. I can respond um, accordingly in my behaviors, but I can't change my feelings. Right. Well, if you if you encountered the ugly man, what would you tell him? Right. So if you know the story, you say the ugly man, like, hey, dude, what would you tell him? I, I think I would sit and talk to him, and that's what I, I believe it's been the gift this this as as the person in as the man I am in recovery today it's it's my ability to sit with the differences 
it's it's my ability to try to make people belong in my life um i mean we used to share a client right you know and i yes. and there was a time where it was getting a little too tough for me and i had to cut him off but he just reached out and he's like i need a friend and i was like all right man like i don't know how i'm gonna make this work but i'm like i'm, I'm hearing you and that's that's part of who this i would identify this individual as kind of having his own ugly man syndrome right right a guy that struggled a little bit but that's that's it is is saving space and not trying to make him fit in it's being open to what what his experiences are what 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 makes him happy what brings joy to him and, right. and hearing him seek for connection it's my responsibility right yeah no I, I i love that and i agree with that i mean i i think what is important is to right to to not bullshit him to be like yes you're ugly sorry it sucks but there's a lot of other parts in you that are um really valid and valued and you're right you've been created in the image of god just like everybody else and you have something to give i can't make you not ugly but i can show you what you are as a teacher and that's really really important and i think for me every time i look at the story i think about the people that i dismiss on the street right the the people that scare me or the people that like right the the fifth person asking for me for money or the person who who smells too much on the subway or right or right it's a dark night and somebody walks in front of me and i i go into sort of my you know sort of lizard brain and be like oh shit something bad's gonna happen and i i'm not proud of it but but it's part of me and i constantly think about like oh am i dismissing somebody yeah I think of those times though, you gotta check, it goes back to the fear, right? It's right. like, I'm not acknowledging the fear I have in my, I, of course we gotta be mindful of the world. The world's Absolutely. not filled with people that have love in their heart. Absolutely, <laughs> no, wish, no, there's, I, there's I, defi- I, I've been mugged before. So like <laughs> I, some of that fear is completely valid. justified. It's valid, but it's, <laughs> I, again, it's acknowledging it and not letting it come to a place where I'm being dismissive. Right. right. But it's, yeah, but it's it's important for us. So, so yes, I, I so I wanna, Thank you for coming um, and studying with me um, and how important it is to actually have um, perspective. Yeah. Right. And how we not only right, can learn from everybody, but how um, differences. And you said before the difference between fitting in and belonging and how yeah. sort of while while there is ugly in the world. Yeah. Um, it can also be a great teacher for us. Yeah. And that's that. I think. I think what I'll take away is a little bit of what you were talking about is how we dismiss, right? What, what gifts am I giving up by dismissing a, a possible teacher? Yes. Right? Am I staying a student if I'm dismissing the ugly man? Right. At, you know. And and right and wh- who are the people who make me get off the donkey and look them in the eye? Right. Yeah, that's powerful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure.